from the vault. High atop the pastoral center of the Diocese of Camden, you're listening to Talking Catholic. Hey everybody, this is Pete Sanchez on Talking Catholic. Once again, thank you so much for joining us. It's a beautiful October day here. I'm and Mike, I'm here with Mike Walsh. Hey Pete, how are you? I'm doing well. Um yeah, I just said it was beautiful, beautiful, not because of the weather, Mike, because of a lot of stuff. You know, just it's a great day. God is good. Hey, listen, I, I can't argue with any of that. God, God is good. Very good. You know, I feel like we're getting ready for the Joy of the Gospel Conference in March. I'm just, I'm feeling that joy in my heart. Uh, that's good. It's a great. All I'm feeling is anxiety as I, I struggle to put it together. Not struggle. Sorry. I endeavor to put it together. Oh, Mike. Well. With a large group of people, not just me. You be oh oh you mean put put okay put the thing in March together I thought you meant put it as an as a concept together yeah like a, a nebulous concept well as with all events they are nebulous until they're over and then then they're done but yeah. uh, no no it's it's good I am looking forward to that that well all the best Mike we Thanks. very much look forward to that and mm-hmm. but we got that's coming up in March mm-hmm. we got uh, some events coming up sooner than that this weekend. Mike, last week we had the um, evening of prayer for the victims of abuse and reparation for the sins of the church in Blackwood. And this weekend we're having them at the six uh, sixteeneries. It's going to be uh, lay, lay faithful, clergy, religious uh, are invited to come out to this evening prayer service held this uh, October 5th, Friday, uh, in St. Joseph the Worker in Haddonfield, Church of the Incarnation in Mantua. Christ the Good Shepherd in Vineland, Our Lady Star of the Sea in Cape May, St. Catherine Drexel in Egg Harbor Township, St. Andrew the Apostle in Gibsboro. These will all be held at 7 p.m. So if you can make one of these great, um, come on out. This, uh, Of course, this is going to be uh, following what's been going on in the church and just in time to pray, uh, to join with the clergy, uh, you know, have, do a... Uh, Basically, an evening a penitential act in humble prayer for those who have been hurt by the church and its leaders. This is an important event, uh, so come on out with the church community of South Jersey to these places. All of this info can be found on camdendiocese.org, as all these news uh, news bits can be found as well. Yeah. And, we're, and, and just to, to be full disclosure, we are recording this actually on the... Uh, the afternoon before the um, the first uh, of the services with Bishop Sullivan on the twenty eighth, so we're uh, yeah I'm, I'm I I know some of those the specifics of how the the prayer service will go and I'm very interested in, in seeing it and I, I certainly hope by the time people listen to this next week it'll have been successful and and spiritually um, engaging and you know helping us to you know align our spirituality with, with the, the protections, um, that we need to be providing and the oversight that we need to be providing to make sure that our, our parishes and our our schools and our ministries, um, are at all times protecting those that we serve and those that we work with. So, um, so I am looking, I am looking forward to what will at this point have been last week. And, and then I, I will be going, I think I'm going to, uh, I think I'm going to St. Catherine Drexel in Egg Harbor Township on Friday night to, okay. to see that one. And it will be. I have found out that uh, the services will be using the exact same format. So uh, okay. 
what what happened on the 28th will be replicated on the 5th. Yeah, I'll be I'll be the one in St. Andrews in Gibbsboro. Yeah, so. um, it is important, and and I realized I said it was a beautiful October day, but you just we're still recording this in September, so my apologies for lying to the Catholic faith <laughs> when I said it was because it's not October yet, but when this when this drops. It will be October. Wow, I just sound like a musical artist that we're going to drop this. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, like the album's drop, this mm-hmm. is going to drop. So, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> but then coming up um, also this weekend in Wildwood is the Catholic Renewal Weekend uh, with the theme, Behold, I Make All Things New. So come on out in the spirit of praise and worship to the Wildwood Convention Center Friday, October 5th to Sunday, October 7th. The MC is Father Rene Canales, and speakers, guest speakers for the weekend will be Father Ariel Hernandez and Father Jim Blount, a society of our the Lady of the Most Holy Trinity, SOLT. And it's $40 in advance, uh, $50 at the door uh, for youth. If you want to be, bring a uh, youth or, or youth group, uh, it's $25 for the first youth, and after that, any additional youth is $20. For more for more information for, about this event, Camden Diocese uh, Catholic Renewal dot com. And then, Mike, we got the life chain. This is Respect Life Month. Uh, well, October it's coming up. Th- October is is uh, Respect Life Month, and we got. See, that's the problem. You're such an honest guy that it's it's impossible for you to fake your way through anything. I like that. That's good. That's that's a, that's a noble thing that uh, <laughs> that we shouldn't even try to to fake these these uh, pre-recorded no, episodes. I apologize for trying to fake it. That's all right. At the beginning, but it's but, good. It's it, it, fail at the things you're terrible at. That's fine. You know well, what? What's that phrase? Fake it until you make it. Well, in this case. Don't feel the need to. No, we, it's okay to announce <laughs> it. People are not, are you know, people are not shocked that things are recorded early. You know, we're getting real, Mike. Back we in the day, you know, movies real. were done a year before that they, or more often that that they actually came out because the editing took so long. But uh, now we're used to a movie being completed uh, six months or mere months before it actually rolls out. I, th- I heard that they were just redoing some uh, shots on Avengers four. That uh, will be coming out in a mere six months from now. That's crazy. I Isn't mean, it? It, it's um, with the news cycle today, everything like you hear about movies at all stages. Like, mm-hmm. oh, guys writing this script. Oh, now they got a director. Now they got a star. Oh, they just started first day of shooting. Oh, they started post production. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, listen, I just saw the the trailer for uh, Captain Marvel. And I love it. I think it's outstanding. I cannot wait to go see that movie in February or March. March. Yeah, they just, I mean, it's a machine. And now they started the, uh, the this week was premiere week for all the TV shows. Mm-hmm. I think there's one called Friended by God. I am not familiar with that. I think, I forget what channel it's on. It's an interesting concept from the trailer. It's, it looks like this, um, it looks like this guy has a random, it's on Facebook, I guess, and he's friended by God. God has friend, sent him a friend request, and it's like, what? And then all the stuff that happens, how God is going to use him to affect the lives of others. So it's interesting, you know, but it's it's contemporary, though. Jesus and God want a relationship with us. Sure. And when we develop that relationship, we can transform our lives mm-hmm. and transform others lives mm-hmm. so i'm excited that's going to be next week but oh, mike interesting I'll yeah check it out. 
Yeah, I think it's friended by God. Um, but we got coming up October 7th is uh, Respect Life Sunday. And there's going to be uh, different events going on. There is going to be a life chain that day in all six counties of the diocese. Uh, so this information can be found on camdendiocese.org. The life chain basically come up and stand for life and pray uh, as the, um, you know, to help the Office of Life and Justice Ministries in the diocese and the uh, the faithful promote a consistent ethic of life. Uh, because what we say, it's all rooted in scripture and tradition. Um, as Catholics, we're called to be leavened for transforming people in society and realizing the God-given dignity of all people from conception to natural death. So more information, you can call 856-583-2910 for that info. And then this next item, if you haven't listened to the podcast with Father Joseph Byerly, uh, take a listen because we spoke about the Marian pilgrimage coming up on Saturday, October 13th in Washington, D.C. at the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception. We, 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 we discussed that with Father Joe Byerly? I thought that was Father with Father James Jim Bartoloma. Bartoloma yes. JB. I have it's the JB. It's funny that you would con- conflate those two. <laughs> I don't know how they would feel about that. They're friendly. So that- Father Joe Byerly's been, a, you, as things will become clear, we're talking about <laughs> Father Joe Byerly just a little bit ago. But no, it was Father Jim Bartoloma, James Bartoloma. I'm so sorry, Father Bartoloma. Um, I really don't know which one you need to apologize to more, but that's okay. I, <laughs> I apologize to both of them. Um so we talked to Father James Bartoloma. We talked to both of them. But the Marian pilgrimage we talked about with Father James Bartoloma, Chancellor of the Diocese. And I'm sure Father Joe Byerly is a supporter of it. Uh, you know. I think so. He might be there. I don't yeah. know. It joined the Diocese of Camden for this. It's a day where they can come, and Bishop Dennis Sullivan is going to celebrate Mass. There's going to be time for confession, adoration. Um, you can go to the bookshop, uh, the gift shop, uh, tour and, and the new uh, Mosaic Trinity Dome, uh, which they just put up, it's beautiful. So come and send prayers, intercessory prayers to Our Lady, who is the patroness of not only the Diocese of Camden, but the patroness of the United States of America. It's going to be a beautiful day. This has been going on for many years. It goes on every two years. I will be there. I, I will was- not. But by all means, if you're there and you see Pete Sanchez... Go up, give him a hug, tell him what a great job he's doing on the podcast, what how great his uh, articles are in the uh, Catholic Star Herald. You know, I think we need to show show Pete some love when when we're on site. Oh, and and speaking of showing people on love, uh, some love. Uh, don't forget, at some point we need to finish our planning for the hundredth episode of uh, of the podcast. Yes, because we are a mere. Let's see, this is the eighty seventh podcast, so we only have thirteen podcasts to go before we hit the. On one hundred, that would be good if we had a plan. Sounds yeah, failing. What is it? Planning to fail, failing to plan is planning to fail. That's exactly right. Yeah. So we we um so come on out to Saturday October thirteenth. All things exciting at the Basilica. There'll be buses. You can call your parish office see if they're having a bus. They probably are. Or call eight five six nine three nine one seven six nine and say hello to me and and say, you know, talk about. Just, yeah, show your love for Talking Catholic and uh, for the Catholic Star Herald and, and for the good work that Mike's doing. So. Nah, just just you. Okay. Uh, and then Mike, more? Do, well, can we talk about Man Up? On I 10? think we should. 
I think yeah. Otherwise, this... there'd be some very angry men that would be mad at me if we didn't we didn't talk about it. Who are helping to promote and uh, and put together this conference? Well, then we want we do want to keep you in the good graces. I, I, yes, please. If only to keep you here every week, because <laughs> it would fall apart. You know, this it's a well-oiled machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this Man Up uh, Men's Spirituality Conference, it's coming up November 10th at the Conference Center at Paul VI High School in Haddonfield. You can register today. It's really, Mike, It's you were at the, uh, you were at one in uh, Philadelphia last year, right? I was, yeah, Man Up uh, Philly. Uh, that was the 10th anniversary event. And is, is uh, this going to be a day of conferences and... Yeah, it's kind of coming it's, together. It's a really unique for me. It was the most unique Catholic event I'd ever been to, um, in that it was all men. It was around I don't know, depending on what whose numbers you were using, anywhere from five hundred to a thousand men there, and um, it was. Uh, it's the first time I've ever really been around such a uh, focused. Um, spiritual, spiritually themed event just to help men figure out how to embrace their spirituality in a public way. You know, oftentimes we, you know, I certainly we, we've talked about this a lot on the podcast is how our interpersonal relationships um, can affect our spirituality. And we've talked about the, the important things we can do from a, you know, going on retreats and going on pilgrimages and going to mass and praying and, and whatnot. But these public examples of, of coming together and joyfully and collectively um, helping other men to, to come closer to God is, is a rarity. And, and I've, I've commented on this a couple of times that, uh, in today's culture, men being open to their spiritual nature is something that is is not necessarily supported or encouraged, in particularly in secular life, but yeah. but but that bleeds into spiritual life as well. So, giving men an opportunity to to really break down those spiritual walls, to come in, to to go to a safe place where where you're going to be with like-minded fellows who are very or who are either very comfortable in their spirituality or very willing to help you become publicly co- comfortable with your spirituality. I think that really does make a make a difference in people's lives and I was amazed sitting there just how many people were notably affected by the presentations they saw. I mean, it, it was strange for me to be in an event where I heard audible gasps uh, of people reacting to what they heard on this hmm. from this place from these from these speakers. So it was really really impressive. No. It was great. It sounds like that probably that that's uh, an opportunity that it, it could happen here in South Jersey. You could get that the transformative power. Yeah. Here, so I, I'm looking forward to it. It's a Saturday, right, November 10th. Yes. So you can register. Go to www.manupsouthjersey.com. Right. dot com. It isn't also dot org. It's both dot com and dot org. Okay. We like, we like to hedge our bets. Register. Yeah. Good. So manupsouthjersey.com or dot org, November 10th in Haddonfield, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And Mike, we have a wonderful guest here. Yes, I'm very excited. I've I just found out how to properly pronounce uh, our guest's uh, organization, so that's that's even more important. I won't screw it up. Can you can you pronounce it properly? Collegium. Yes. Not collegium. 
It's I've even collegium. heard cal- cal- a hard G is my favorite. Cal- Caligium. Caligium. I, I heard. Yeah, but I'm sticking with Collegium. But come on, give me a, give, give well, us a pro- let's give her a proper intro before we uh, make fun yeah. of this stuff. We have we have the director of the center f- of the Collegium Center for Faith and Culture, uh, Brenda Quinn. Brenda, how are you? Good, Pete. Thank you for having me. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. How are and you? Um, how are things going at the Collegium? You've had. Uh, can you just explain what what is a Collegium Center? All right. So the Collegium Center was founded by Father Tim Byerly. Um, it actually started out as I think the oratory of uh, uh, way before I was part of it, and then the name was changed to the Collegium Center for Faith and Culture. And it was inactive for a number of years. And in 2014, um, Father Tim called me up and asked me to meet him somewhere. He just gave me the address. And um, and I was driving, so my daughter wrote down the address. I knew nothing. I just had to wait until I got there. And uh, showed up at this building that was, on the outside, it was pretty much overgrown. I was like, what is this place? And uh, walked inside, and the inside was done very nicely. Like, that was all redone. And uh, he doesn't tell me anything except to give me a tour of the place. And then after the tour, he's like, sit down. He's like, I hear you want to do something with evangelization. You can take this over. You can have it if you promise to do some evangelization with it. And it was just like, what? <laughs> wow. So that was uh, the beginning, and we spent um, the rest of July and August getting the place ready and had our grand opening in September yeah. September 8th of 2014. But it's really designed as a place for um, adult faith, you know, so we can share the faith, right? How are people supposed to share the faith with their kids if they don't really understand it themselves? But it also is a place that is very beautiful on the inside and um we're, we're trying to spruce it up more on the outside so that people who may feel uncomfortable going to a church setting will come with their friends to an event at our place and, and be introduced to the faith as well. So um, we have a lot of different presentations, a lot of different events there to try to meet the needs of a variety of audiences. And Brenda, it was really nice. I had the opportunity, I had the privilege to be there at the opening. And it was really just nice. And you were talking about the adults, but you also seem to get a good uh, young adult contingent that comes right. to these. And that's really been great to see. Right. When Father Tim first founded it, it was designated pretty much only for young adults. Now, I teach at a college, so I consider young adults adults. <laughs> so I sometimes forget to make the distinction between young adults and just adult in general. Um, <laughs> But uh, but you're right. We try to encourage as many young adults to come as possible, and uh, and we generally get a fair showing. So that's good. That's and you have an event about. Uh, you're pretty consistent. You have one probably at least once a month. We have several a month. Yes. Yeah. 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 For a while, we were having one every week, and now we have at, uh, generally at least two a month. Um, and then we have other things like the book club and things like that that may go on a regular basis you know weekly um we have different presentations from ascension press uh oh that you know we've had over the years um that go weekly as well and you've had a good uh, variety of of speakers and topics Uh, 
I just was there covering an event, Father Robert Hughes, the vicar general who we've had on the show, talking about pilgrimages. Uh, he was talking about uh, finding ourselves in the most holy trinity. And beautiful, very, um, for me, I consider myself, uh, you know, I don't mean to be snobbish, but, uh, you know, I, I, I think a lot about the intellectual life of the Catholic Church. Right. And the, this place, the Collegium Center for Faith and Culture, is so good for that because you can get a talk uh, from Father uh, Hughes on the, on the Trinity. You can get a talk from uh, Father James King talking about the teaching the Jesus prayer mm-hmm. in the Orthodox religion and just that kind of, and there's Christmas parties and it's really such a nice spiritual atmosphere of it's dialogue, which is what I enjoy. I love talking about, and the, sometimes the question and answer is it, it's just the best part of the evening. Right. Because exactly. you get so many insights and is this, how um would you what was um how do you see the what have you had that you um what is i guess what have some been some of your favorite some of my favorites yeah. um you know there's been so many that i really love and and uh one of our mutual friends george he teases me he's like Brenda, you say that one's your favorite. You say all of them are your favorite. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Father Dermot Roach is a priest who speaks on divine mercy. And he came down, and before he spoke, he said, Brenda, my limit for speaking is 45 minutes because people's attention spans don't go beyond that. Yeah. He goes, so I'll speak for 45 minutes, and then we'll you know, take a break for coffee and refreshments. We always have food and, and, and different drinks there, right? And then we'll come back for a question and answer. And we started at seven o'clock and the next thing we knew it was 10 o'clock and no one was ready for him to, to finish speaking. We were everyone oh. and the room was packed and yet not a single person left and everybody was so into his talk and wanted him to just stay and keep speaking. So that, um, that one was an amazing one. And then um, Father John Picnic came and he did one on confession during the year of mercy. I think it was there for that. It was so beautiful, Pete. After his presentation, he offered the sacrament of confession in you know a, a back corner room, and we had advertised that that would occur. People came who had been away from confession for 30, 40 years. They came in, you know, looking heavy and walking out as if they were walking on cloud nine. I mean, there were tears, there was laughter. It was just it was so beautiful, and he was there for hours here in confession after his presentation, but it was absolutely amazing. The power of, and you not only have, it's a beautiful space right up, it's right, if you if you know, it's in Hannon Heights, it's right off, basically right off 295. Mm-hmm. It's right, you can easily get to it, it's on the White Horse Pike. Yes. And one of the things I love, Brenda, is you have the big space, the meeting space, but you have a little side room where people can pick up DVDs, rosaries, uh, scapulars, a little, uh, you know, to take back with them. Right. Uh, just to help them on their spiritual journey. Exactly. We have the tracks and the CDs and medals. And it's all free. We, you know, we get the donations of it and um, we encourage people to take it and share it with their families and friends, listen to it in the car. 
And the topics, you know, there's a great variety there between apologetics and just things that really increase your own uh, spiritual life, you know, learning new prayers, new devotions, just understanding uh, the Bible in greater detail and, and Jesus's love for us and the church and, and the whole bit. And we've started an apostolate from the collegium where we're going out to the parks and to the mall and actually handing out rosaries and speaking to people about the faith and the church and, and taking prayer requests and things like that. And that's also been a beautiful addition to uh, what we've been doing. Wow. That's, it's kind of you, uh, that sounds in the few years ago you had this guy Adam Jank talk about mm-hmm. street evangelization exactly and I guess that's kind of uh, did that was that kind of the genesis of, of what you're doing now right exactly I had um, you know in prayer I kept hearing street evangelization I, I it's kind of funny because I was like okay God you know that I am such an introvert you know that there is no way I can go up to people on the street and just start talking to them about the faith and you know I'm like I don't know how to do that like I'm, I'm doing what I can and um, it kept coming to me in prayer and I actually went over to the chapel at St. Rose and ran into Peter Gallagher and John March and both of them had talked about doing street evangelization I don't even know if I, I spoke to John about, you know, what I was hearing in prayer, and he told me their plan and that they needed someone to go with them, and that kind of started the, you know, this whole idea, and then um, I, or I guess John gave me materials in St. Paul Street Evangelization, and like a week later, I go into the collegium, and Father Tim had dropped off something for St. Paul Street Evangelization. Oh, so it's kind of like, okay, God, I, I get the message. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, it's all, all how he works. Exactly, exactly. So we contacted Adam, and he came for training, and, and that was yeah. incredible. He, he was such, and I, I, I have his book that they wrote. About, I think it's a few accounts from different, uh, each chapter is written by somebody different. Okay, good. And it's all testimony mm-hmm. to some of the people who've been affected and also the people who go out and right. do it. And, and you also have a beautiful, I'm a big book nerd, um, book lover, uh, bibliophile. <laughs> so you have a, a beautiful spiritual library there. Yes. That is, I'm speak a bit about that how I was there helping to kind of sorting stuff earlier but you've expanded it I mean it's a lot bigger now and and what kind of books do you have there we have so we have the library organized we have a whole wall dedicated just to the saints so um oh goodness how many like 15 shelves of books just for the saints and then we have um the church fathers it's another wall even though many of them are saints as well right um uh church um history we have books on spirituality we have um you know gk chesterton and c.s lewis and um books on the sacraments we have books on marriage and um uh you know family life and things like that um apologetics you know um frank sheed i love frank sheeds and and we have a whole section on theology um you know and he's he's the primary author of that book uh, uh, on that shelf um but yeah so we have a wide variety of books and you know it's it's 
definitely not utilized as much as I would like to see it utilized, you know, because a lot of people we come for the presentations and the events and then forget to go upstairs. But everyone's, you know, most events now we have two or three people going upstairs to the library and checking out some books um, after the yeah. event. So that is getting more use. That's good to, and I feel like this is, there's so much uh, hunger for something like this. For me, I think there there are a lot of people hungry for this type of atmosphere. I don't know if there's anything really like it in this diocese. No, in our diocese, um, it's the only place. As a matter of fact, I'm on different forums for evangelization. And it seems to be very rare across the United States to have anything like this. Um, you know, they have something like this in Philadelphia. Um, but in general, it's it's not something that's very common. Uh, you know, Father Tim, I think, was very brilliant in, in coming up with this idea and, and opening it in the first place. Yeah, I think... Um, and what was... So... Just take us back for a bit. What is your background? Are you from this area originally? I'm from western Pennsylvania and went to grad school down in Tennessee and then moved up to um, actually Delaware when I got a job in New Jersey teaching chemistry and biology, so definitely not a theology background, right? (laughs) (laughs) I I always feel like science leads you to God, though. You know what I mean? It's like, how can you look at all the science and, and not believe that, you know, someone was behind creating all of it. Um, but I grew up in Western Pennsylvania. I was one of three Catholics in my graduating class, so I definitely was not from a Catholic area. But my second grade CCD teacher was a convert who was on fire. And you would have loved her, Pete, because she mm. you know shared all her secret recipes with me. She sent me care packages when I was in college. Oh, she really became like a grandmother, um, you know, to me. She asked me to come back and, and help her teach CCD when I was in high school. And I don't know, I always found that God was always uh, uh, with me, you know, through my young years and, and going up through high school, growing up in my, you know, little teeny tiny one light town was transferred and became the priest in the town where the college was that I went to. So I, I didn't get to see a variety of priests. It was the same priest all growing up and through college life. So it wasn't until I moved away from, from college that I finally got to see, you know, the wider world of, of Catholicism. Yeah, you see, it's, I think I had that experience too. In college, I got to go to, uh, one of the things I did, Project Appalachia, I was in Kentucky oh, for okay. a week. And that was kind of that opened the Catholic world to me. Oh, good. And helping service and going to masses and knowing priests. That's such a gift to really understand the universality. And now you've been, I've known you for about 10 years now. Mm-hmm. And you're active in so many, you're not only just active in the Ecclesium Center, you're active in, your faith has just led you to so many, and it seems like uh, everybody knows you. <laughs> like you're very visible. You've done, you know, we're talking here, uh, this will record during Respect Life Sunday, and you've done a lot with the pro-life movement, I understand, right? What, what kind uh, of- yes, Pete. It, 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 I'm always amazed by what God does in our lives, you know, especially when we just say, okay, God, you know, guide me, tell me what you want me to do, and he just kind of opens these doors. And growing up, my dad was very pro-life, and he would, he was very secretive about it, you know. Um, he actually would pay for a bus to go to the March for Life, but it was 
secret. No one knew. I didn't even know that he was the anonymous donor until yeah. the year that he died. And my mom told me. I mean, no one knew except the priest and he and my mom. Mm. Um, and he always wanted to, he was always very supportive of a maternity home out in Western Pennsylvania called Mom's Home. And, um, you know, we secretly joked about if we ever, you know, won the lottery, we would open a maternity home. So I just grew up with the, um, that pro-life, you know, overhead, so to speak, in, in the home. And, um, so when I was here in New Jersey and, you know, kind of still joking with God at this point saying, you know, okay, God, if I ever won the lottery, I'd still open that maternity home kind of thing. And then, um, it all came about very strangely because uh, I actually had a miscarriage, and um, oh. at, at you know during the miscarriage I had you know very strange event. The actually I was uh, considered dead for seven minutes and the whole bit. But anyway, without going into that whole um, thing of what happened there, um, eventually I was uh, invited to a meeting with Bill Clatt, and he had a couple people together. And they talked about the idea of a maternity home. And it kind of didn't go anywhere And then um, at first. And then a, maybe a year and a half after that, I ended up, I knew I was supposed to do something with pro-life. And I knew that, you know, the timing of it kind of thing. And I actually applied for the Respect Life Coordinator for the diocese. And I didn't get it. And I was like, that's weird, Lord. You know, I really expected that that's what you wanted me to do. And then a couple of days later, I get a call from Bill Clatt saying, will you be on the board for Good Counsel Homes? Mm. I was like, oh, okay, now I get you. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we started, I think that was in, um, well, I got the call in December, but then January of 2006. And we just, you know, went full blazes, so to speak, and trying to find a site to open it and the fundraising and um, did a lot of outreach and, um, you know, went to, I don't know how many different places were meeting with women who, um, you know, were considering abortion or who were being urged by their family members to, you know, have an abortion and um, did a lot of outreach and counseling. And it's actually where I met Father Tim because I had um, received a call and it was a family who spoke Spanish and I didn't speak Spanish so I needed and they were open to a priest coming along with them with mm. me and um, Father Tim was the only one I knew who or heard of who spoke Spanish at the time and mm. um, you know he went with me on on that uh, that trip and um, that little boy is is uh, nine years old now um, but, you know, amazing journey. And then we did, you know, worked with Father Benedict Rochelle and getting the, the Good Council home open. And, oh, yeah. you know, that's in Riverside. We just CFR. Yes. We have, we have them now in Atlantic City. Exactly. Exactly. The sisters. And they're, you know, open opening the Father Benedict home, right? The house, not the home. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, God's been amazing just kind of directing one step at a time, you know, different ways. And then in 2013, I, I felt him say, okay, the, you know, the home is running. It's, it's, uh, you know, everything is going well and to walk away. And actually I heard his voice interiorly, you know, in, in the heart, right? Um, when I received communion on the Feast of Corpus Christi and I kind of I just came back to my pew and I, I cried cause I was like, really, Lord, you want me to walk away now? And, uh, 
talked to my spiritual director and he's like, you know, Bran, he goes, St. John Bosco said that even if he had only one brick left to put in the building and when he was building orphanages, if God told him to walk away, he had to set the brick down and, and just walk away. And I said, yeah, but did he have a cell phone? Like, can I still stay in touch with a cell phone? <laughs> and he just, you know, just shook his head as he often does when, you know, we're talking. But, um, yeah, so then it was uh, a year after that the Father Tim, you know, called me up about the Collegium Center. So it's just been, you know, one thing after another. And um, God's amazing. I mean, you know, um, I'm going to change the subject a little bit to the, the pilgrimages, you know, that we have as well. But that oh. whole, um, you know, the way God leads, um, I was, again, you know, talking with my spiritual director who had been to the Holy Land. And I was like, you know, I, I don't need to travel. Like, I can just go to the chapel. I don't, you know, I just never, ever dreamt of actually traveling anywhere. And he said, you know, he goes, we're going to pray about that. And I'm like, all right, but, you know, God's going to have to find the time, the money, the opportunity, <laughs> you know, all this stuff. And I just kind of laughed about it. And then six months later, I get an email out of the blue from someone I had never met and no one I knew had ever met her before. And it was um, the president of Select International uh, Tours and inviting me to go on a come see to the Holy Land. Hmm. And I was like, no way. There's just no way. And it was um, during a time when I could go. It was only $1,200. So that was like, okay, I can do that. And, um, And I emailed my spiritual director. And three days later, I went in to see him and I said... I feel so stupid emailing you. I know if it's too good to be true, it's not. He's like, Bryn, get over there and get your passport as soon as you leave my office. <laughs> and he goes, you're going. And um, I said, yeah, but I don't know anybody. And I'm going to this foreign land. Like I've never, you know, I haven't flown in 26 years. Like, I don't know how to do this. I said, can we pray that someone else gets to go? And he's like, all right. He goes, we'll, we'll pray. And, and and I said, pray that Lori Power can go. You know Lori, right? Oh, yeah, good friend <laughs> of the show, yeah. Exactly. So we prayed that Lori could go. And I called, I, actually, I messaged her. And I said, Lori, if you had the opportunity to go to the Holy Land, would you take it? And she's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Here the president of Select uh, emails me. And she said, you know, she goes, you can bring some along to share the room I'm like yes god you're good (laughs) and so I messaged Lori back and said so will you go to the holy land with me she's like get a call from her what are you talking about and uh (laughs) so the two of us that was in December that was the end of December and we went that February so it was a very quick well she turned the event she does a lot in evangelization we she's we just had her talk about uh her role not only uh, she co-hosts here, Talking Saints, with with me, right. but she's director. Of, I think what is it, Mike? Evangelization and yeah, outreach. Yeah, at yes. uh, at uh, with Father Chris Mann, another yeah. guest, f- famous guest of our show. Yeah, the um, you know, just going back to the <coughs> conversation about the pilgrimage. Um, Pete, have you done an out of country pilgrimage yet? No, unfortunately not. Me either. Why is you know, if select tours would like to get in touch with uh, um, either of us about going on a tour at some point, we'd be we'd be happy with that too. 
But uh, and we, our, our diocese pro- provides a ton of tours, like several times a year. And yeah. uh, for whatever reason, uh, we have just have not uh, availed ourselves of that. Mm-hmm. Although I, I I know there's one in Germany coming up, I think uh, next year. Um, that I, I'm very interested in going. I'm, I'm going to Germany f- for vacation in the end of October, but um, I've heard about this other tour, and I, I'm very interested in, in going on. And I think we have a Holy Passion Land Park. tour. Yeah, we're the pa- going yeah, the to Passion the. Um, so in June of 2019, Father Tim and I are leading a tour to the Holy Land, and if you never go anywhere else in your life, I would suggest going to the Holy Land. I mean, we actually have Mass inside the tomb where Jesus. Wow was laid right where he rose from the dead where he he defeated death i mean all of salvation right there and we get that mass right there we're also having a holy hour in the garden of gethsemane wow I mean, it's like unreal um and we also have fun we actually get split up into groups the select international they're the only ones who do this but they split the the pilgrims into groups of like five maybe six uh pilgrims and you go and have dinner with families christians who are living in bethlehem so it's uh it's really amazing because you get to you know sit around the dinner table and you know with their family and share stories and they tell you how it is living you know as a christian there in the holy land um and it's really powerful and it's funny because you know we talk about oh if you break bread with someone you know your family you know my brother in christ no they really believe it i mean when you have dinner with them they want to stay in touch because you're now family and they they take that you know really seriously so wouldn't that be a great pilgrimage to go on that would be that would be amazing to to get in those footsteps uh you know i I know i now know a number of people have been to the holy land on pilgrimage i know both Christians and Jews have gone to the Holy Land as um, on pilgrimages, and uh, it's. I always enjoy it because I, I, it's amazing how similar the pilgrimages are. Simply because it's you know a very finite area, but um, even uh, my an old boss of mine, a Jewish woman who's fantastic woman um she she was on pilgrimage went to the river jordan and as part of her pilgrimage it there was a christian element it was a jewish pilgrimage but there was a christian element to it came back with a uh with a bottle of uh of blessed water from the jordan which i was very i, mean, I could not have been more happy that my jewish boss gave me a <laughs> very catholic or christian item it was fantastic wow. do you still keep in touch uh, with her uh not as often as i like actually i am remiss because uh, it's been a bit too long since i've chatted with her recently Recently, and I need to fix that because she's an awesome lady. Wow, so, that uh, is. Yeah, I've heard so many experiences, like just transformative experiences, going to the Holy Land, going to other sites. So I think I need to remedy that soon. Yes, yes. hopefully. Do and you have so, a passport, Pete? I do. I yes. do. I just in case I ever need it, you know. Well, or, sounds like this is a this is a good reason to go. Yeah, you could come yeah. and you could you know do a recording over there and and. Save it for that's here and a Holy Land be, podcast, Pete. Come know, on, I that'd be outstanding. Talking, talking Catholic in Jerusalem or in the Holy Land, that would be that sounds wonderful. And how you have a website for how do how would people register for this pilgrimage? Where can they? They can go to the Collegium Center. So T H E the Collegium C O L L E G I U M center c-e-n-t-e-r dot org and then just you know the drop down for pilgrimages and it has the registration form right there on the website and what other events are are coming up more immediately um in in haddon heights 
Okay. Well, uh, we actually have two pilgrimages, but um, as far as oh, what's okay. coming up soon is uh, Father David Rivera is coming on October 19th at 7 o'clock. That's a Friday. And he's going to be speaking about the abolition of man. We've been on a C.S. Lewis kick for some reason. Some of our, uh, several of our book studies have been uh, different books by C.S. Lewis. So Father Rivera is coming and speaking on that and just how, you know, especially in this world today, how we need to be, you know, people of courage and, and honor and, and integrity, right? So he's going to speak about that. And then the following week on Thursday, October 25th, Father Nick Dudo is coming and he's going to speak about discipleship, calling, commitment. So how are we really to live our lives and be disciples of Christ? You know what I like about all, all of the things we've talked about, about the Collegium so far, is almost everybody she's brought up has been a guest on the podcast. I know, I'm just I'm very, very excited about that. That's, yeah. I think we're picking all really good people for the podcast. <laughs> maybe maybe we need to think of the Collegium as a location for our uh, 100th podcast. Maybe, oh, uh, that would be a good that idea. Is, that is, you know, great minds think alike, Mike. I was thinking the exact same thing. Yep, but I said it, so I get I get credit for it. <laughs> Darn it, you said fine. You I should have been more vocal. But uh, no, I, I really do. I like that. I don't know if we're stealing from you or uh, you're stealing from <laughs> us, but that, that's great. But that's fa- right. Father, Nick, Father Nick Dudo, was, uh, he, he was a great guest. He was uh, just, get, just getting him to talk about his uh, culinary background was, uh, was outstanding. <laughs> culinary. I purposely said it like that. <laughs> Do you say coupons? <laughs> I, sometimes. Coupons. Oh, gosh. Coupons. <laughs> but uh yeah, yeah the yeah, bishop yeah. in uh chicago coupon no Coop- <laughs> very similar forgive me father <laughs> for i have m- punned Pun. <laughs> that's um, um we are all punters mike <laughs> yes we are <laughs> the, um anyway but no that's that's great i love that and and, and you, you mentioned there was another pilgrimage too there is so in august father john picnic and father mm-hmm. sanjay uh davis is and I are leading a trip to Fatima and Lourdes and through Spain, right? We have to go through Spain to get from Fatima to Lourdes, and we'll have a few stops along the way. So that's going to be another fun trip. That's really great. I think that's wonderful. Yeah, we've had, yeah, we have not had Father Sanjay. He works right down the hall from us. Oh, really? We need mm-hmm. to get him on. He's, he's great. But we have had Father Picnic on. So he, he's another. Oh, that's right. We're all. I forgot about that. Wonderful people. And yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And how, what do you see, uh, you're about, what, three years, four years into this Collegium Center? This is do our you fourth have any, year. What, and what, goals. What? <laughs> but, any goals? Any, any goals? goals? Yeah, yeah, any goals. <laughs> yeah, you answered, you, you figured out what exact, what I was going to say, yeah. So, um. You know, I'm very much wherever God leads kind of thing. You know, there's so much work to be done. We, you know, like I was telling you earlier, we just started uh, doing the postulate of going out and evangelizing in the parks and and at the mall and, and you know, um, different places. So that's kind of where we are, um, you know, what we're doing now. And we're starting, you know, with more pilgrimages and, and things like that. We're taking a trip over to Malvern um, Sunday, the 7th, Sunday coming up. Um, for it, the Catholic Tent Revival event is over there. And, oh, you know, so we're, we're, you know, just trying to get, um, you know, do more things like that, you know, outside of the actual building. Um, a lot of the people who have been coming really love the studies that we've been doing. Um, Ascension Press has 
incredible programs, forum.org, you know, they have great programs um, with Dr. Sri and, and Dr. Han and, and, you know, Father Mike Schmidt, right? Um, and they love those because the discussions that go with the, the videos are just incredible. So they've been asking to do a lot of those, more of those, um, trying to do more Bible studies and, uh, you know, and really just continue the, uh, the presentations, you know, with, with our priests trying to get them in, um, you know, to do more of those. So... That's great. It sounds it's a beautiful. It's right on the corner of Garden and what the White Horse Pike and White Horse Pike, Can't right? Miss it. Very easy to White get Horse to. Pike, yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of people pass it because I'm. I don't know it, why they it, do, but it's kind of like because it, it looks. It looks like a residence, right? But yeah. you do, you now have that nice sign out front, which which makes it much harder to just go past. But it's it looks like this lovely little home, and uh, and I don't know if that's what you were trying to curry with that space, but I like that as a concept. Right. It's very much to make it more inviting, so people aren't afraid to come in. The other thing that's real popular um, is that we've been having our chocolate and wine nights with face mm-hmm. sharing or rosary, and they've oh, been yeah. really popular as as well so mm, um, chocolate and wine can't go wrong with that <laughs> exactly no, I, I like it i was at the first one and mm-hmm. it was just the assortment of everything there and it's it's just such a nice warm comforting space like i i love it like I get there at seven. We don't leave till like after midnight sometimes. Oh, I know. The discussion can just go on and on, Mike. <laughs> exactly. It's really those are the. That's when you know it's a quality of event and with quality people, and uh, you just time just seems to stop. Exactly, you know? I love it. You don't exactly. realize it. Four hours have passed. Was no, that? I, yeah. I was going to say, is that the the night of the snowstorm? You were at. Were I you do at that not one? remember that. What say that? What happened? Yeah, there? we had the the snowstorm. We we're really debating on whether we should cancel the event or not because you know everything around us is being canceled. And I said, well, I'll just go, and if anyone shows up, we'll just have it with whoever shows up. We had like thirty people there in a blizzard, <laughs> drinking it's wine, devotion, chocolate, yeah. and great discussion. So yeah. yeah, yeah. When is your Christmas? Your Christmas party is. 20- For- yeah, Christmas party is December 27th, and that actually starts at 6 o'clock, and that is more of a, a potluck type of thing. We bring, you know, some main courses, and then other people bring sides, and there's always more food than what everyone could together could eat in a week, I think. <laughs> um, and, you know, we have some games going on and some music going on and things like that, and it's, it's fun. Had, you've had good uh, um, musicians there, too. Exactly. Natalie Acciani has been on a few. Has Natalie's been, there, a few been times. there. Tommy Doyle, Jeff. Sh- no, Jeff Did didn't Jeff? do the Christmas party. No, he's done coffee houses. He hasn't done yeah, a Christmas Jeff Shields, party yet. Um, you've had just a distinguished guests and musicians and. and I take just, it back. We can't do the podcast. We're not good enough. I've, I've decided <laughs> we we can't meet their bar. So it's it's we're gonna, we'll have to find two other we podcasts. We welcome so, you. So go. Okay. <laughs> We'll definitely be the the bottom rung of uh, their the historical guests. <laughs> there and, and so is there a what? And not only with that, not only keeps you busy. Are you still with chemistry? You still I, teaching? I do. I still teach at Salem Community College. I have um, teaching mainly chemistry. Uh, so I was teaching biology and chemistry, but right now they have a very unique program for scientific glass blowers and. Um, so we have students from all over the world who come for because we're the only school that has a degree in scientific glass blowing. 
and uh, so I wow. teach chemistry to them, and uh, and it's fun. They're uh, they're a lively group. They keep me on my toes. <laughs> That's something that I I know Mike loves science, and, and I do love stuff science, and, and that that is not that that. I my admit there's a blind spot there. My sister was actually an apprentice glass blower too at Wheaton Village. Really? Yeah, she was. She was. She seriously was looking to pursue becoming a uh, glass blower for for several years, and then things happened, and she went off in a different direction. But she she was there for probably about two years as an apprentice, just learning the trade. Yeah, I, I love Wheaton Village to to see some of the stuff they're able to create. So I did, and I did not know about the the program at Salem Community College. That's great. Yeah, and they have the International Flame Working Conference that they uh, they put on every year, and they have it at our college, and it's it's quite incredible. the The artwork that they do is amazing. Uh, my students are focused on scientific glass, you know, glass for you know to run science labs, but there's also a glass art program there that is you know it's just incredible the things that they they do. I have a lots of christmas ornaments and and wine glasses that my students have made me and things like that but uh that is pretty cool what's the flame working conference like what when you say flame work i've never even heard that term before (laughs) flame working is it's you need flame working to make the glassware like molten item okay right exactly have you been to wheaton village pete probably as a little kid you know should go back as an adult. It's even more interesting as an adult when you can really, really uh, be impressed by the artistry that goes into it, but also the science that goes into it. It's it's fascinating. Oh, you know, that, it, I highly recommend it. Well, it's always mesmerizing. I have to admit, when I watch it on TV, these people doing that, you know, glass blowers, I'm just amazed because I. Actually, my hope, my my town, the town I live in now, Glassboro, um, they they just commissioned a statue because Glassboro was a oh. major glass manufacturing mm-hmm. uh, town many 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 years ago. Um, but in honor of that, um, Rowan University, um, I think they're I want to say the art department commissioned a statue made of a, a beautiful statue of this glass blower and it's actually really well done and uh it's a it's a bronze statue but at the very end is this sort of glowing orange glass bulb uh, of this guy blowing a, a glass bulb right. and it's, it's beautiful and and actually <laughs> the reason it popped into my head is um some of the college kids have been getting in trouble by taking selfies with it by climbing up on the <laughs> pedestal and taking selfies with the, uh, the, the glass blower but um i'm not surprised yeah, <laughs> Shockingly, college <laughs> students doing that. I'm sure I would have as a college student as well. But it's a, this beautiful thing, and you know, I, I think it's sort of forgotten nowadays. But uh, but South Jersey has a rich glass history, uh, mostly because of the sand in uh, South Jersey. Right. I think Salem County too has that feel yeah. to it. I feel like there's a few. I remember Jim McBride and I, my colleague, uh, who's been on the show. He's a photographer. He and I were driving one time, and he showed me this for there's like a old furnace that was during world war world war one or two i think a hundred years ago it was an old brick furnace and it's it's part of it is still there somewhat collapsed but there's just something that history that well, S- south jersey was so, very industrial it was, was key to those the, the 1800s yeah all yeah. that Mm-hmm. It's pretty. Yeah. And do you guys, uh, Brendan and Mike, what do you, what do you see? Can you talk a bit about the? Is there a distinction between faith and science for you two? 
Like there's just there's so much debate: faith versus science, faith and science. What can you? I mean, I'm not sure myself. I'm not good with that. Yes, yeah, science is not true science if it's not revealing something that God has already, you know, that God once revealed, basically. Um, you know, science is not creating anything that God hasn't already created. You know, we're just, I kind of see it as, um, and I forget who actually said this, but it is, you know, my thoughts exactly. And God presents us with puzzles and he's like our cheerleader is, you know, as scientists are, are figuring out the puzzle and then we get it and he's like, all right, that's great. Now here's another one. You know I mean? It's just, it's really just, you know, a true scientist has to be, uh, you know, interacting with God to really, um, you know, for things to work the way they should work. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of ethical questions and things like that where you can misuse science, but you're you're not going to discover anything that God himself didn't uh, allow you to discover or, um, you know, create. Yeah. Right? You know, I mean, you know me, I'm a science aficionado. I'm not, my math skills are not good enough to be a scientist, but I, I appreciate science greatly. And, and the, the scientists I read, you know, they all kind of say similar things in that the, the, the scientific practice uh, the, uh, is basically allows you, it gives you a glimpse into God, into, into the exactly. nature, the nature that he created. Um, so that you, the results of scientific dis- discovery don't, for most people, I would say, don't need to make you question or won't force you to question God. If anything, they, they give you a greater appreciation for, for what God created and allow you to continue down those paths and go, okay, well, what's this little nuance? Nuance? Why did we why do this? I, I love scientific discovery. I think it's fantastic. Right. I mean, when you look at, you know, the laws of, of thermodynamics and you say, you know, things naturally fall apart. They don't naturally come together to form something so organized. Mm-hmm. And you look in a cell and you see, you know, you look at the, the protein structures, you know, holding the DNA together and they're in the form of a cross. And it's just like, oh, how beautiful, Lord. Like you write your message everywhere. You know, it's just amazing. Um you know, but it was uh, Watson and Crick who discovered the structure of DNA, and, and Watson was um, an atheist, and he's the one who mm. said, you know, statistically speaking, you know, one out of 10 to the 10th power, you know, is something that is impossible, and yet, statistically speaking, putting a sequence of um, DNA together to code for one little protein is in the same range as one over 10 to the 57th power. He's like, there's no way that this could have happened just by chance. And he compared it to if you um, engraved a grain of sand microscopically, flew over the Sahara Desert, randomly dropped the grain of sand into the Sahara Desert, didn't tell anyone your flight plan, had them go into the Sahara Desert, the very first grain of sand they picked up, is a grain of sand you dropped, and they would have to do it three times in a row without a mistake to have the same statistics as just a simple DNA strand to come together and make a, a simple protein. It's like, come on, how can that, you know, how can that be chance? Yeah. Yeah. So it's why so much of science is often considered miraculous, but it's amazing. I love yeah. it. Yeah. 
Which yeah. are, and that's just making me want to go read one of my science books. Uh, <laughs> oh, which one are you working on now? Uh, I'm still trying to fight my way through a Neil deGrasse Tyson book right now. You know, so. I, I, when I think of him, I think of you. Oh, so thanks. I just, I, no, I mean like you're just, I've heard of him, but you mm. have seen him in person. It's just, it's pretty neat to uh there's a couple of passion i have a few other scientists whose books i have not started to read yet and mostly that's because i i spend too much time reading twitter as opposed to uh the proper books but i really have to get into it basketball season can't come soon enough so my son can because that's what i do on my reading i do my reading on vacation and uh on long flights and when my son is practicing basketball otherwise i can't seem to make myself read are you sitting in the bleachers? Yeah, I I, I'm lay, I lay down on the on the bleachers while everyone else is practicing and dodge uh, face uh, basketballs heading towards my head while I while I read you know uh, astrophysics. Man, man knocked out by basketball <laughs> book of Neil deGrasse Tyson sitting next to him. One day that probably will be the case. <laughs> you should get the hardback then, Mike. Okay, oh, might be able to help. More defensible. Yeah. Right. Well, I think we got to start wrapping up. But thank you very much for sitting with us today, Brenda. This was thank great. Thank you so much, Mike. Thank it. you, Pete. This is, again, can you? What's your website again? It's thecollegiumcenter.org. And, and you're on Facebook, right? And we are on Facebook, right? Yeah. It's a, there's it's amazing. I follow you guys, and it's yeah. You're talking about every week. There's something going on, something fun. So you'll exactly. see me there. Hopefully, Mike will get you there real soon. I hope so. This is great. Thanks again. Thank and everybody, you. thanks for listening. And Pete, thanks for putting this together as always. No, thank you, Mike. You're, uh, it's, it's always a pleasure. Thanks, sir. All righty. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> Have a good night.